0: Hello, everyone. This is National Master Evan Rabin, and I am here with Adam Torres on the 36th edition of the Premier Chess podcast. Uh, I was actually on his Money Matters podcast just a couple weeks ago, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And actually, since then, have introduced him to actually two of my good friends, uh, Mike Papapavlo and Michael Deutsch, uh, both who have uh, actually joined their, his podcast as well. Um, but anyway, Adam Torres is a co founder of Money Matters Top Tips, a media and publishing company dedicated to the needs of business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives. His clientele has included over 1,000 business owners. He's advised families with a cumulative net worth exceeding $500 million. All right, well, one day I'm going to get there myself. Uh, and he's also been very, very successful in publishing books. One thing that I think is probably the most unique about Adam, in my opinion, is how he's developed this co-authoring uh, concept uh, where people will actually partner with, uh, what, 11 other authors, typically, in a, in a, in a book? Yeah,
1: it really depends on the book,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, right, 10 to 12 other authors, uh, and they become co-authors. So I thought that was, you know, actually really cool. But um, yeah, Adam, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, man, All kinds of good. First off, congrats on all the podcast episodes. As you know, I am a huge advocate of podcast uh, podcasting and uh big fan of people that go out there and do it. So uh congrats on your episode, man. I love it and i and I'll be and I like to practice what I preach. so I've been podcasting all day too. I think I did five to six episodes so far. After this, I have about ten more to go before my day's done. Wow,
0: Wow. So that's about sixteen episodes that he is doing today. That, that is day. incredible.
1: Every day, between fifteen and twenty every single day, five days a week. That is absolutely
0: incredible. And I think it's an inspiration. So I mean, look, Adam, obviously podcasting is so important to you and such a big part of your business. What would you say is the most valuable thing that entrepreneurs and others get out of being on podcast episodes?
1: Well, first thing, so, so two different ways. So um, number one, from being on the episodes, I think it's a great opportunity to both connect with, uh, with a new person. So meaning if you think about it, Evan, right now, you and I are literally making audio that's going to live on. It's going to go on. You're going to post it. It's going to be in many, many different places online. But if you think about it, we actually cr- are creating something physical. So the first thing is you get to create this piece of art or this, this audio with, with, the, uh, with the host. You get to create mm. that. I think, number one, that's very fulfilling, like, personally, if you think about it, to get your story out there, to create this <coughs> piece of marketing that would not exist had you not come on the show. So that's the first thing, is I think you get to create something new. Um, and then there's the, some of the obvious things, like, okay, you get branding, you get your, get your message out, you get to get your story out. I mean, those are some of the more obvious things, but in my opinion, the, the bigger thing is that you get, to get, you get to also connect with the podcast host community. So right now, so for example, you said, oh, I appreciate you coming on, Adam. appreciate you. And I'm like, first off, I want to support you and what you're doing, number one. But number two, I know that there's a lot of people that are listening to your podcast right now that have a connection to you. They have a, they're have, like, man, I love this guy, Evan. And the people that you bring on the podcast, myself included, get to be introduced to them. And they get to decide, hey, do I care about Adam? Do I want to check out what he's doing or no? Either way, I like Evan either way. But do I care about person? <laughs>
0: No, that's true, and it, and it's definitely mutually beneficial. You know, I just actually got off the phone uh, not too long ago with uh, my good friend and colleague, Veronique uh, Vershore, who's a life insurance rep with New York Life, and, you know, I, I actually told her, oh, yeah, you should come on my podcast in a couple of weeks. And, you know, she was like, oh, how does it work? I've never really been on one. You know, I'm not much of a chess player. Uh, you know, like, what would I be you know, the, 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 biggest fit for it. And I go, yes, absolutely. Right. You're an expert. You were just telling me the you know, benefits of insurance and you know, how it relates to, you know, being preemptive, and, you know, entrepreneurs like you, Adam and I are not necessarily thinking about life insurance on a daily basis. I mean, I have no idea if you have it or not and whatnot, but you know, it's definitely not something that, you know, enough of us are thinking about. Um, and it, you know, obviously relates on the chessboard, right? There are definitely people that are, you know, so set on you know, going for an attack before they realize that okay, they need to understand the position first, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, respond to some of their uh, opponent's initiatives. So, well, Adam, tell us a little bit more about your background in general and where you got started as a both uh, uh
1: yeah, so um, podcast um, host um,
0: and an author and financial advisor and so uh,
1: yeah so my background is in finance so I I started at my first firm when I was 16 and I um, and I you know I was in the business for a long time I went independent I started my own company and, and when I started my own company I thought what's one of the things I could do to market myself and so I wrote a book. So I, I had never written a book before. Um, I just I wrote a book, I put that out, and then I started marketing that book. And I started using it as my business card. So I would basically, whenever I met with somebody, so just like your friend, who you gave it as an example, that's an agent. When I'm, just like her, I used to do the same thing. And I, when I meet with somebody, I would hand them my book. And I'd say, so I hand them my business card. And that, that book had my story written in it. So what would happen is, um, I, um, books, unlike other things. So think of like magazines or like business cards when you think about shelf life. So the mm-hmm. average shelf life on a newspaper is less than a week. The average shelf life on a magazine is maybe a month. If you're lucky, the average shelf life on a book is over a year. Like people don't throw away books. They keep books. So what happens is, um, I found for marketing value it was real, was good for my business. Now, fast forward a bit. I was so successful in marketing my books and and myself just as an advisor that um, I was I was approached by others to to start um, working with them and to co-author books. So I was like, I don't have time for that. Like, uh, just to be honest, I'm like, books are hard, man. I don't want to do any more books like I I don't have time for that. There's no way, no how, um, because I still had my financial advisory practice at this time. So I was approached by one person. I'm like, I don't have time. Approached by a second person. I was like, don't have time. Approached by a third person. I'm like, all right, there's something to this. Like there's obviously a market. There's obviously a need out there for this. So what I did was um, um, I looked at some of the other models that were out there. And the, the one that I read that stuck out to me that I thought, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing, was Chicken Soup for the Soul. So if you think about like Deepak Chopra, you think about Jack Canfield, like when they did that, that was over 20 years ago. And all it was, was it was a group of stories, a group of individuals that came together to tell their story, to give their message, right? Um, and 20 years later, we, knew, we obviously know what happened, right? Those are really big names. But So I thought for myself, I said, well, let, let, what if I do the same thing, but if I do it for business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives? So the idea was simple. Bring together, bring together a group of interesting people, put them together in a book. And then we all co-market it together, and the sum of all of our actions is greater than us doing it individually. Um, and so that kind of really, when I when we came up with that model, that kind of launched the brand and launched everything else, which then led to the podcast and led to everything else that we're up to today. That's amazing. <clears throat>
0: That's amazing. So. Tell us a little bit more, you know, I know your concept in general about co-authorship and, you know, 10 to 12 authors coming together, but could you talk a little bit more about that for our listeners?
1: Yeah. So, uh, our first book, for example, was a real estate book. So now we, we released, uh, the second volume actually just was released maybe a two months ago or three, or, or I should say January of, um, more than two months now, January of 2020. Uh, so what happened is, um, on the first one, it basically was, uh, we, we have different themes. So first theme was real estate. So what we did was bring together people from different sides of real estate to each teach a lesson. So we had everything from um, a contractor who was featured that taught a lesson on how to do cost plus, um, how, to, how, to, how to get cost plus bids. We had a, a real estate agent who talked about the luxury real estate market. Um, we had a number, we had an architect who was on there giving um, his insight on like on shopping and on hiring architects. So between all of those different things, um, we had, we had different, um, different niches, different genres. Um, then we have a bunch of other books. So we have business leader book. I mean, there's quite a few other books out there that um, all teach different lessons. And again, the idea is that um, by people coming together and kind of sourcing their knowledge together, the sum is greater.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's definitely a unique idea. Um, you know, publishing a book is definitely not easy. Um, you know, it's hard. it's hard. What
1: are you talking you know, about? Not easy. It's not, not easy. It's, not easy. it's not very, easy. very
0: challenging. Uh, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, lightly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I would say, I mean, yeah, as, as you know, we had Jennifer Wilcov on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And Uh, You know, she does like a lot of consulting. And and look, I would say that is definitely a great way for, uh, you know, people that are, you know, newbies uh, like myself to get started. But, you know, another great, great alternative. And by the way, she agreed with it. You know, in that episode, I mentioned you. uh, I actually had a conversation with you and maybe a couple of days before that. And, you know, she actually said, yeah, co-authorship is, you know, actually a great way to, uh, you know, get your name out there as well with, you know, less than, you know, 1% of the work that you would do, uh, you know, to to draft your own book. Um, What, if any, pushback have you gotten from potential people that were, you know, interested in in being part of your co-author books rather than, you know, producing their own?
1: So uh, on, on my end, I've been pretty fortunate. So what I mean by that is uh, by building the brand through the podcast and all the other things we did, um, it doesn't, we don't get pushback on that. The, what we get is um, we, we have a lot, we spend a lot of time and a lot of resources uh, cultivating to accept the right authors into the project. Uh, hmm. So it's not really a hard sell. Just believe it or not, Evan, there's no shortage of people out there that want to be in books. Like it's just of the market market and, and not, not to mention right also people that want to be in books like
0: myself that you know are, for one right we're very busy with everything that we have going on uh you know would i like to write a book yes and people ask me about it yes mm-hmm. isn't type of thing that i'm actually going to start on tomorrow or any <laughs> near future probably not right i'm just being very you know tired. it's a lot of work so, you know it's definitely a lot of work so um so, 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 let me ask you another, you know, kind of related question. Um, and this is something, you know, you've talked about before, but, you know, for people that are a little on the fence, you know, entrepreneurs that have a lot of stories, um, mm-hmm. we're not entrepreneurs, you know, just people in general that have yeah. good stories, but, you know, are kind of holding themselves back. Other than you know the virtual business card, which is actually a, a very good, you know I think the the using your book as a business card is you know actually tremendous. Um, my good friend Jim Egerton has definitely done that quite a bit uh, with his book "Business on the Board." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, truly, like the first time I met him in Chicago, you know mm-hmm. he gave me his book.
1: That's uh, and you remember and- it. Not only hold on, time out. Not only did you remember it, but now you, he created a completely different piece of content. Just now, you brought Absolutely. up his name and talked actually,
0: about it. Actually, in fact, I'm actually thinking about it a little differently now, um, and I, I misremembered a little bit, actually. He sent me the book. Um, there you
1: go. And then like, a <laughs> few months later, we met in name. Chicago. Probably told at least five people that since he's done that, minimum. You probably brought up his name minimum five times since, you, since he's done that. A lot more than that, not to mention, we did a big event <laughs> together at UBS. There
0: you in New York.
1: i love it and that that's that's the power of it i mean truly it it doesn't end it's very interesting we we just had um um i'd say two years after our first book was launched we had another um we had a book launch in the philippines a book signing that i didn't even know was going on with one of the authors and we got pictures and there's this huge like book launch and other things like that why because it never ends it's always new it's always new to a new market like it doesn't end
0: that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, so so tell me, I mean, you. the cool thing about you, you know, is you've actually had all types of authors in your books, as you said, you know, from doctors to real estate brokers to lawyers to, you know, who goes on. Could you think of maybe one or two uh, articles
1: in one of your books that were, you know, sort of the most interesting that stand out to you? Oh, man. So, the the, my my dream always growing up was uh is to be able to read a book a week so that's always and i've uh, so these these bookshelves back here i've read almost all those books just to be clear and i do quite a bit of reading i always have Um, this is just some of the bookshelves so that being said um now so when i when i'm going through these books and when i'm curating things i mean we've published people that have run everything from million dollar companies to billion dollar companies and what happens in these books is they're really good. So meaning I learn more from reading my books that I publish than I think some of the people that participate just because of the type of content that's in there. So to, to give you an example of one of them, um, former CFO of uh, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, she gave a, she, she did a um, so really, really high level consultant I mean, she's run huge companies. She, gave, she wrote a chapter about, about what it takes to, to run a company. But, she, but the way she went about it, she went about it methodically and she went and she talked about her specific process. And I'll give you one big takeaway from that, her, her specific chapter that changed my entire business within reading it once. Um, she talked about how a CEO or the founder of their business can oftentimes become a bottleneck within their business. And when I was going through her explanation of what that meant and what that looked like, I was reflecting on myself and my own business. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she just described me to a T. And like that self-realization of what she wrote allowed me to create a game plan to completely transform my business. And within three months, I had a completely different business. Like we were rocking and rolling after reading that one chapter. And I can tell you that um, that's happened time and time again in very different um, niches and genres within the book um, or within all the books um, because I, I mean every single one it's weird but it just becomes that thing to where you pick it up you you look at what you want um, it's not it's not in chronological order you go through and you can read whatever chapter you want or and just kind of pick out what you want um, but that being said um, it's always there as a resource for you so that's just one example but I have more if you want more I'll give them to you don't worry <laughs>
0: uh-huh no, that was awesome. And it, and it's definitely a big idea that I, you know, love to talk about, which is to not reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, if, if there's someone that grew a company like, you know, that much, you know, you should know how they did it. Um, you know, I sent someone the other day a list of schools uh, and their contacts that I wrote myself about a year and a half ago. She was thanking me like there was no tomorrow, and I said, "Like, look, why are you thanking me? You know, why would I make you reinvent the wheel? It wouldn't make sense, uh, in my opinion." Uh, you know, and she goes, "Oh well, you're saving me a lot of time and stuff." And I said, "Yes, it's true. I agree, but you know, at the same time, you know, like, I mean, why wouldn't I? Right? Like, right now, it's me clicking a button, and and here you go." Um, so. That's what awesome. advice? What, what what advice do you have for you know entrepreneurs and others, uh, you know, if they do want to get started, uh, you know, in, in in authoring? I tell them just uh, and, and which, by the way, could totally be an answer is you know doing it in in your system. So no, I, no, I really no, am a big believer.
1: Just to be clear, I'm a fan of people becoming authors in general. So I don't want to, while, while, by the way, for anybody that's ever listened to my podcast or follow me, I don't have a problem with self-promotion. So I'm not being shy here, but I want <laughs> to make something clear. I'm a fan of people becoming authors no matter how they do it. And mm-hmm. so what I mean by that, I, if you look online and you see my first, hold on, I'll show you as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll show you just because I have to. <laughs> I'll leave this, like, this is a testament to how, like, easy it can be to write a book. So my first book was written, and it's it's not pretty. So meaning the cover's not pretty. I'm going to show you it all, and you're going to be like, what? This doesn't look professional. It wasn't. I wrote this thing on my phone while I was on a speaking tour in China. And what I did was, wow. <laughs> I, had a, I had my, th- these headphones, they might be the same ones, this is years ago, but I don't lose my stuff and I don't break it, I take care of it, so there you go. Um, but that being said, um, I, had a, I had a voice recorder on my phone, I had this, and all I did was talking to my phone when I was on a train in China, um, going from city to city on the speaking tour. And then all, I, and when I got back to the United States, I compiled it all into a Word, into a a Scrivener doc, or it might have been a Word doc, I don't remember. I sent it to an editor, I paid for editing, I got a couple rounds of editing, and then we did the graphic design ourselves, which was a big mistake. And just to show you, for example, like that is not a good book cover. But I leave it on Amazon Uh intentionally because I wanted to be out there and to serve. Now I have a whole team, editors, everything else. All our books are really professional and nice. And all that good stuff. And my team always asks Adam, why don't we fix that first book? And I'm like, I don't want to fix it. I, I want it to look ugly the way it does now. And the reason. You know, what, I, and, and I think
0: it makes it authentic. Yeah, well, I think it makes it authentic.
1: It's not even just that. I want other people to see they can do it. It's not about like authenticity. It's about, I want you to know that if you get on there, you can go get a whatever design and put it out there. And just to be clear, this is the book that I use as my business card. So even with a book that didn't look so pretty, the words in it were authentic, because I wrote, I, I, I should say, I could say I wrote it, but I really spoke it, right? I didn't write, I, I spoke it and I had to edit it, edited, so you do want some editing now, don't, in my opinion, you wanna do that part. Um, and if you can't afford an editor, you probably have a friend in college or just a friend period that's good at reading, like have some people proofread it, but do something to make sure it has some level of editing on it. But if you can afford it, get a professional editor, great. But if you can't, just do what you can. But even with this, with a book that wasn't necessarily um, um, the, the highest production value in terms of look, I still use it as my business card, and I still got business as a financial advisor when I was a financial advisor back then. So I'm an advocate for people just doing it. Get your book out there. Get your story told. I mean, it's your legacy. Um, it's, it's something that you can hand down and through generations. I mean, I wish. I, I think about some of the people that are no longer in my life my my grandparents, my grandmother, my grandfather. You know, some other uh, one of my uncles. Like I think about them, and I'm like, man. You know, I miss them and I wish they had a book. I wish I could pick up a book and I could read some of their life or some of the things they went through and some of their stories, even to hear the words or picture their voice or how it sounded by reading their words on the printed page. That would have been a special thing for me. So I think the book is much deeper than just like, you know, something you need to do for marketing.
0: So let me just ask one sort of curveball question um, as we're you know about to wrap this up fairly soon. Um, for chess players in particular
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what do you think they should get by writing a
1: book or being part of a book uh, like your own that's co-authored so first thing I think is that the chess player is going to be in his head with thinking about what needs to be on the page so if you're a chess player you're going into strategy you're going into construction I think even just the process of writing your own book ups your game and ups your strategy in general because you've never thought in that manner. It's a completely different problem you're going to solve. So what solving that problem unlocks in your mind is I think it's going to vary based on the level of skill for the chess player. And But I think the higher the level of skill, the more it's going to unlock. And what they find there, I can't say what they find there, but I think it's really, it's going to be something cool because you're creating a, you're, you're solving a completely different um, creative problem that you haven't tackled. And anytime you do that in any strategy, whether it be chess or any other game, it does bring something out to you. It gives you a different perspective of looking at other facets of your business and of your life. And I'm sure you can see other ways that's happened to you in the past. So that's just from the strategy level and just overall what it could look like. Um, From the branding level or anything like that, depending on if chess is your business or if it's a hobby or if it's a game for you, um, all of those things are different, but I'll give you my story. So for example, how I, how I was introduced to the game of chess was I was um, that was my, my game with my father. So growing up, we always played chess. We always played chess. So if I was to write a piece or to put a chapter in a book that I was writing for myself or something else like that, and I wanted to talk about that special moment in my life, that's how I would incorporate the game of chess for me personally. How somebody else incorporates that is completely up to them. Um, but those are kind of a couple of ways to look at it, in my opinion.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, Adam, this has truly, I think, been a very uh, inspirational episode. Um, you know, actually just talking a little bit about, uh, you know, the whole co authorship process, which by itself, by the way, I think, you know, actually does relate to chess a little bit as well. Uh, you know, it's a matter about being creative. Uh, you know, until I met you, uh, by the way, thanks to Shiley Hackman. Um, oh, me. I love Shiley. Oh, my gosh! God. So yeah, so, as, a, as a reminder, she's the one who uh, told me
1: to reach you, out to you. Sherpa. She'll lead you through all day long. Love that girl. She is amazing. We met uh, a couple of years ago
0: at the IAC conference. Uh, in 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 dc and she's amazing uh as a matter of fact she uh sent me
1: uh you had her on your podcast yet
0: um it's here she she just sent me this hold on i gotta actually turn off my virtual background for a minute here because otherwise you won't be able to see it i just got this in the mail two days ago and she definitely didn't think this was going to be on a podcast by the way Check it out. Um, she actually did an episode uh, about a week and a half ago. Oh, that was wonderful. Awesome. Um, you can see this here. This is. Oh, uh, I- here. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, of course, people won't, uh, you know, be able to read it, you know, see it on the on the podcast itself. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just awesome. You know, she she sent this here too. Uh, oh, you my can actually God. Look, look at that and look at that. That's so nice. <laughs> you know, That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, she's, a um, you know, kind of a master networker like, like, like us as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'll just read like a, a small part of this. It's, I'm so, so super appreciated that all of you, that you have taught me in sales. I've always, um, I always submit you for silent auctions. Um, yeah, we actually donate to any single silent auction or raffle we see. Um, uh, but anyway, I'm, you know, definitely grateful for her, for, Uh, connecting me to you and having me on. And of course, you know, there's a domino effect. You know, she introduced me to you. And before you know it, Mike and Mike are on and potentially some of my other colleagues in the the near future. Um, So, you know, that was great. And yeah, it was just great talking a little bit more about the benefits of authorship and, uh, you know, ways to get started. And, uh, you know, one day, um, you know, especially when things go back to normal, I really am going to be, you know, considering, uh, you know, getting into one of your books. Because, um, you know, it's, it's important to be creative, right? I think a lot of chess players, uh, you know, that are improving, they don't, you know, realize there's no like one cookie cutter way to get there, right? Maybe it is something unique like that. Um, you know, also I know a lot of, you know, chess players, it's like, oh, I need to have one coach. Well, you know what? You could have many coaches, you could have many authors in a book and, you know, guess what? It could be great. So, uh, thank you so much, Adam. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yeah. I mean, if anybody wants to learn more about what we do, really just head to the website. So really easy to remember missionmatters.com and uh, you can see my podcast, you can see anything else you care to know about us, the brand. Uh, Love to have you as a listener. Wonderful. And
0: Adam, if people want to, you know, personally reach out to you to ask any questions, what would be the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, so, if you go to Instagram, ask Adam Torres. That's really the easiest way. So, if you want to know anything about me personally, just go to ask Adam Torres on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere else.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, by the way, we're going to add you today too. So you're also going to be able to find Adam Torres on premier partners as well, uh, to definitely find him and many of the other people who have been on our podcast there. And yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Adam.
1: Thank you, Evan. Appreciate it. Have a great day.
0: Take care.